Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. When Danya was about three weeks old, I got scared out of my mind because I realized how, um, how, how shall I say this? We'll just say it as it is. How stupid I had been in my teens and 20s in the capability I had to ruin my own life. Um, and that she, living in the internet age, would have vastly more opportunities for silliness at a much younger age. And I went, ah! And God said this to me. He said, Peter, you can either be afraid that she is part of the most powerful generation that's ever lived, you can fear her power, or you can teach her how to manage it from a very early age. Because he showed me this image. He said an eight-year-old can have a blog and disciple a president of a nation and not even know it. I declare that your books are going to go to the nations. And I, I really feel this is really important for you to release your books. To release them. Don't control how they go out. Like, I mean, you do things for them. But, but listen, he wants to do vastly more than you can ask, think, or imagine through your books. If you'll release them beyond your narrow thinking of how they will be used and how they will reach the nations. Okay, well. All right, last week uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, And um, we were talking uh, out of the uh, passage in Hebrews 5. We were talking about this whole necessity of learning to discern good and evil by training our senses. And we talked about the way that we do that is with what? The fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. Do you have Bibles? I recommend them. Highly popular this year. Awesome. And so what are the fruits of the Spirit? Some of us did the micro machines version. Um, But yes, it's all there. It's all there. That is the filter that we use to determine whether thoughts that come into us come from God or the stuff that's coming out of us is God. Anybody here had a genius thought that you felt the world needed to hear? And then you tasted it on your tongue? Not quite as good as you thought, right? So this is our filter. Um, But what, but I would, something God showed me a long time ago is if you think of Joy through self-control, they're actually all subsets of the very first one. All of those are facets of love. But we use this word love all the time in a lot of ways, right? We say, I love you, Masha. I love ice cream. Slightly different. Hopefully. Hopefully. I don't think you can marry ice cream in this state. But anyway, love. Love. What is love? Why? And you know, you know, a lot of times people talk about love. I, you know, the Beatles wrote, "What all you need is," and then in the words of Larry Norman, then they broke up. (laughs) Right? Like, if all you need is love, it didn't go very far. But perhaps they didn't know what love is. You know, I I sang the the great uh, you know poetic hymn of Tina Turner last week. What's love got to do with it? What's love but a secondhand emotion? 
That's because she didn't know what love was. She thought love was this, this thing in your gut. Anybody been betrayed by your gut? She's the one. She's the one. She's the, ah! Hmm? Okay, that was a little too real. Anyway, so, <laughs> um, but the thing is, is love is not these things, but what is love? In fact, the, the John went as far in 1 John 4 to say God, God is, well, it sure ain't what Tina Turner was talking about, and it sure ain't what uh, the Beatles were talking about. So what is love? Now, the thing about love is that, in fact, you guys remember, anybody been to a wedding? What's the passage they always want to read at a wedding? 1 Corinthians 13. Love. And they ah. Listen, where in the world did this idea of love come from? It came from the fact that John and Paul, not the ones with Ringo, were both rooted in a concept of love from the Old Testament. It's this concept called hesed or chesed, if depending on how you aspirate your ages, which is love. In fact, this word love in the Old Testament could not be translated into English. When they made the King James Bible, they actually had to come up with a brand new word because our, they recognized we use love for a whole lot of stuff, right? And they needed another word that was much more powerful, much broader. And honestly, they could just tell you what it meant. They used the word, maybe you know it, loving kindness. That was actually created simply to describe this word in the Old Testament, hesed. And hesed, the best way to describe it is hesed means self-giving love from a powerful person to a weak person with no return at all. No vested interest, no return policy. Listen, we don't worship God because God's some narcissist. Anybody had that idea? Like, seriously, God, are you good now? Like, he doesn't need our worship. He doesn't need anything. He was doing just fine all by himself. And he said, I want to give this love away. And he said, who can I give it to? And he thought of you. He thought of you. He thought of you. He went and he said, I will form a vessel to receive with no, nothing required in return. He doesn't need for me. He wants us. Hesed, literally. And, the, and so this term, just like in we use with our love in the Old Testament, sometimes they would use it out of context, but it is truly best seen through God. And so I'm going to look at three uh, verses and then we're going we're gonna to discover what that is. And then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13 and unpack what Paul is really saying about love. Because when you have this filter of love, First of all, it's going to save you a lot of trouble. Anybody want to be saved out of trouble? It's going to keep you from being an idiot. Who are my future idiots? Thank you, Jesus. Uh, it will keep you from so much problem, both in how you navigate the world, how you navigate your mind, and how you navigate your tongue. 
Anybody? Okay. So let's just jump over. The first, one of the most, because this word hesed is used in about three primary ways over and over again. I think it's 248 times in the Old Testament. It happens over and over again in the Psalms. The first one is we've got is Exodus 15, verse 13. This is when the Israelites have come out of the land of Egypt. They're standing on the Red Sea going, nanny, nanny, boo, boo, to the Egyptians who've just been wiped away. They're all of their troubles just got wiped away because they deserved it? No. Because they believed it? No. Honestly, all the way to the end, they're like, stop it, Moses, you're making Pharaoh hate us. <laughs> but God saved them in spite of themselves. Anybody here, you prayed a prayer and then thought better of it? They were like, we want out of Egypt. Just kidding. Just kidding. And God's like, oh no, I'm cashing that check. The reality is they're standing there and they sing. Miriam writes this song. And one of the lines is, in your unfailing love, that's hesed, in your love that never ceases, you will lead the people you have redeemed. All of his power, all of his might, all of his resource to purchase you and me out of hell and into hell, heaven. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. For his namesake, that verse you, you hear, remember, in your na- in, for your namesake, you will guide me in paths of righteousness, Psalm 23. That always sounded egotistical for me. But he was like, listen, what it really means is, regardless of how dumb you and I are, regardless of how much we go, I don't want to, God will guide us and lead us and draw us over and over again. Isn't that good news? Anybody put that to the test? <laughs> and you found that when you returned to him, he was still guiding you into all righteousness. The next passage, and this is one you hear repeated over and over again as almost the definition of God's character. There's this, this moment, and it says that then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with Moses and proclaimed his name, the Lord. His name, his nature, who he is. And this is what passed in front of Moses. The Lord, Yahweh, the one who is, the one who is the who needs nothing. The Lord, the compassionate. That is the first thing. That's his first name. He's like, hi, I'm the compassionate, right? What I want you to know me as the compassionate one, the one who's drawing near to you, the one who is after you for your good, the compassionate one and gracious God, full of grace, right? Slow to anger. Anybody tested that one? Slow to anger. Let me tell you this. Why is that good news? Guys, are there things in this world you should be angry about? Yes. Yes. If you love people and you see them being abused, you should be mad. But he's slow to anger. Why? Because he loves. He loves and loves. And abounding, overflowing in what? Hesed. Love, love, this love that is fiery for you and faithfulness. He's not wavering. His love is un. So this concept of it means there's this idea that is never ending, never limit, never. There's no limit to it. I'll give you an example. I um, you all know uh, I was married before. Dumber than a box of rocks. Not a good idea. Didn't work out. You know everybody's at fault, whatever. As a result, I blamed God. Anybody been there? It was your fault, but you blamed God. 
I, I, you know. Anyway, it took me about eight years. I was like, God, why did you do this? And it was silence. Because I was like, I didn't do it. That would be you. Sometimes God's silent because there's no good answer. God, why did you do this? Um, I'm, I don't know what to say right now. Um, anyway, but for about a year, I, I gave the Lord uh, the left hand of fellowship. Whatevs, right? And I did nothing. I did not pursue him. I didn't seek him. I didn't talk to him. I'm giving you the silent treatment. And about a year in, I had this moment. I, I still remember exactly where I was. I was in an apartment where I lived. I was in this room. And in this moment, I had this stunning realization that though I'd done everything to walk away from God, if I was honest, there'd never been a moment in that year I hadn't been aware of his presence. And I was like, what? And I remember there was almost this mental picture. It was like I was floating in a sea of his grace. And in my mind, I reached out to the left and I reached out to the right and I reached out to the top, up and down. And I couldn't find where the end began. I'd done my best to explore the edges of his love and I couldn't find it. His love knows no end. There is nothing you or I have ever done that he goes, well, that's it. Listen, we don't know, but literally the moment Hitler was dying in the flames, he could have cried out to God and God would have saved him. Listen, God is for you even when you're against you. He is abounding. He has no end. At abounding means it's just never ending. It's just overflowing. There's more than enough. Whew. But another phrase that repeats over and over again is in Psalm 89 where it says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your th throne and love and faithfulness go before you. Another phrase that goes is love and uh, is hesed and truth. See, God is amazing. That slow to anger and abounding in love is also represented by what? Love and truth. See, love doesn't look at you and go, I see nothing, right? You know, you know, like, like you ever gone up to a small kid and you're like, what's that? What, what did you do? Nothing. And it's like all over their face. You're like, did you eat any chocolate? No, no chocolate. White chocolate. I don't know chocolate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and it's, you're like, listen, love is not blind. That's a lie. True love sees and says you're worth it. True love looks at you and goes, you don't understand. You are not chocolate. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Anybody here, you've been defined by your chocolate, by your sin? <laughs> well, you are. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Some of y'all chocolate. All right, okay, all right. <laughs> Some of y'all chocolate, but it's a good, it's a God-made chocolate. Just to clarify. Wow, that went south fast. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> pulling up, pulling up. Mayday, mayday. <laughs> As soon as I said it, I was with you. All right. So, all right, man. Woo. You are not <laughs> the strawberry jam. <laughs> you are not what's on you. You are who he made you to be. Listen, I love my daughter. Regardless 
of if she's rolled in poop, which has happened. Well, with a baby, with a baby. I'm just, just to be clarified, my daughter's going, what? No, every child's done it. Anyway, no, but the reality is I don't look at her and go, oh my gosh, a poop baby. I don't, do I? I don't go, oh my gosh, my child has changed. Who is this child before me? No. In the same way we don't get mistaken, he has never been mistaken. You are not your sin. You are not your brokenness. You are not your failures. The minute you turn to God, he begins to move to reorient everything, including your sins and failures, to your good. What Joseph said, what you meant for evil, you, you did your best to kill me, guys. God reoriented, meant, turned around to make it for my good. Oh, is that good news? Whoo! And but this is that verse out of Psalm 23 that we love. I love this. Surely goodness, this is the end of everything. If you're my shepherd, if you're for me, surely your goodness and what? Hesed, your loving kindness, your will do what? Chase me down. Anybody been chased by God? He's so good. Anybody here been in the heart, in the up to your eyeballs in sin and God goes, hey, what you doing? <laughs> I, I had a moment like that, and I talked to God. I was like, God, we can't talk right now. You, God, this sin. He's like, yeah, I paid for that. Not really offended. Not really freaked out. And not really shocked. <laughs> oh, I, I think we would be a little concerned at how little he gets shocked. <laughs> but the reality is your loving kindness will pursue me. What? All the days of my life. Oh, isn't it good? Even especially when you've been running the opposite direction. In dumbness. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why? Because he got me in a headlock of love. I tried to get out of his house. Didn't work. He loved me too much. This is what love is. Love is not this mamsy-pamsy, wussy thing out of your gut. No, that's bad pizza. This is love. What is love? Not that we loved him, but he first. And that first, it's first and always and never-ending loves me. See, that's out of that place. we talked about. I talked about last week where Masha was in a moment with... Um, our, our little girl when she was a toddler and realized she was all out of love. Not, not like this, that song, but anyway. Um, she was all out of love. And God said, who told you that? Who told you you're out of love? How can you be out of love when Mr. Love lives on the inside? Now, you can be dumb enough to not make a withdrawal. Anybody been there? But you have love available at all times because he is love. Whew. So let's break it down. If you got Bibles, 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to walk through this lickety split. Mm. And so the context of this is he's been talking about the spiritual gifts because the Corinthians are like uh, uh, a Holy Spirit gift superstars. Anybody known somebody who's super powerful in the gifts but lacking in some other areas? <laughs> well, no, I mean, the, the thing is, it's kind of like uh, some people have called the gifts power tools. 
And one of the things, uh, my daughter just had a, our, our daughter, rather, uh, just had a sleepover. And I had to say, guys, don't go in daddy's workshop. What bad could happen? Right? Because without love, the very gifts of God will cut off arms. Anybody had an arm cut off with a bad word of prophecy? All right? I have a question. You know, one of the most fascinating things is they've been doing surgery like back to the cavemen. It's hilarious. They, they like did cranium, like they did, they actually opened craniums to release pressure like 3,000 years before Jesus. That does not sound like a good idea. Like, like that sounds like scary talk, right? But here's the crazy part. It's only been, what, like 150 years since we found out that you better wash your hands before you do that. Anybody see a problem with that? I'm terrified. Yeah, all right, I'm just back from the bathroom. Let's get this underway. No, 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 no. You know, ladies, you who wash, watch the guys coming out of the bathroom. And their hands are dry. <laughs> Ladies, you don't want to know what happens or doesn't happen in there. Anyway, the reality is, though, is that without love, the very gift of God will kill you in the same way that bacteria, without washing your hands before a surgery, it's the surgery to save you, but you die of gangrene. Do you know the number one cause of death in the Civil War? Gangrene. Yeah. What is... Love, 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 love. Whew. All right. So he's saying, Paul, Paul's like going, I love that you got for the gifts. I love it. Do more of those gifts. But if you could get a little bit of love with that, we'd all be better off. So in between 12 and 14, which both talk about prophecy, what does he talk about? Love. It's a big old love sandwich. It's kind of like, you know, what, you know, anybody had a compliment sandwich? Yeah, it's like that. You guys are great at prophecy. Love. Pro but you need love. And you're great at prophecy. It's kind of that. Anyway, so let's jump into uh, uh, chapter 13. He says, guys, I love that you guys are awesome for this. But if you speak in the tongues of men or of angels, for heaven's sake, but don't have love, I am only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. In other words, the very word of God will not be intelligible to the person. Anybody here gotten a word from somebody, but it so scared you the way it was brought that you couldn't hear it? If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, that's a lot. Anybody here my know-it-all people? Just me? Okay, awesome. And if I have a faith that can move mountains, right? But do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to be to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Nothing. What is he saying? Without the filter of love, all of it is wasted and useless or worse than useless. That's the scary part. I remember uh, there's a line of C.S. Lewis I'm going to mangle because I learned it through a Phil Keggy song. But anyway, I'll blame Phil for this. Um, is I've never had a selfless thought since the day I was born. C.S. Lewis said that. I remember I was 17. I heard that. I went, ah, because I realized in that moment it was totally true. 
Everything I'd done for God, everything I'd done for others had always been what? I don't know. Is it still a thing? And the humble brag? Do you guys know what a humble brag is? I'm just so grateful for all I got gifts that I, every time I serve the homeless, I feel so grateful for God's goodness. Instagram. Hashtag Jesus loves me. <laughs> that is a humble brag. <laughs> I just don't deserve all the gifts God's given me. I don't deserve to look this good. <laughs> Moving right along. I, for the record, I did not get that from any of your Instagram. It may be there, but I didn't get it. Moving on. So what is love? What is this love? And Paul is literally breaking apart hesed when he does this. What is love? Love is patient. Now, when you say patient, what do you mean by patient? I said this before, that word patient is tied up, so particularly in the Hebrew, but with this idea of waiting in ambush. Waiting. Like I, I with our daughter, I will, I will wait for the right answer. A sign of the right answer. You know, we'll be doing math. I'm like, no, that's kind of close. That's kind of close. Why? I'm on the lookout for the right answer. I don't have to worry about the wrong answer. I'm patient. I'm waiting for the... Listen, if you love somebody, you love them because you see who God made them to be. And you are patient, eagerly awaiting for them, the sons and daughters of God, to be revealed. For them to be revealed is who they are, right? Patient. Patient, patient. Love is kind. The best way I can describe kindness is it's hesed. It is, I, you don't deserve this. I get nothing from this, but I'm going to stoop to use my power to bless you. Love is kind, right? But what is love not? Because sometimes anybody here, you're really good at recognizing what isn't love. Yeah, so let's go for that. Love does not... Envy. Why does it love envy? Any ideas? They're happy for the person to do well. That's good. What else? I heard something. Secure in themselves. They have more than enough so they don't have to get their good feeling from other people's patheticness. Anybody, they're not threatened by you succeeding. Anybody here shared a, a testimony of God's goodness? And they're like, eh, eh. That's not love. It does not, which is the opposite, right? I am not secure in who I am. And therefore, I need you to think better of me than I think of myself. It's not proud. Now, self-esteem has gotten a good and a bad rap. Let me just say this. The only self-esteem that's helpful is to think of yourself the way God thinks of you. Any other kind of self-esteem just gets wacky. Like, you can do anything. Not really. Not really. Anybody? You're like, somebody's like, I can, through God, I can do all things. All things he's empowering you to do. I can fly with an airplane. Nope, all by myself. Here I go. Right? It, it, love is, proud means you have a perspective of yourself that's different than love has of you. But if you have a perspective of who you are, 
lesson. Sometimes you will look proud to other people, but pride is an inside job. Pride is separating yourself from Mr. Love and coming up with your own understanding of who you are. It does not dishonor others. Let's just meditate. Yeah, everybody's deleting their Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that did not happen. Love does, it does not. But dis- it does not apply to everyone, right? <laughs> well, okay, what, yeah, okay, hey, listen. Do, you what have, if I disagree with them politically? Well, can then I they're going to hell. Oh, yeah. And then you can dishonor them. Okay, awesome. Awesome, Thank good. You. Glad we clarified that. <laughs> For those of you along, following along at home, that's called sarcasm. <laughs> we need to put that in like, people are like, he said that, I got a free pass. No, you do not have a free pass. So let me go back to this. This word honor throughout scripture is the idea of weighing. So in the old world, in the ancient world, they sold things by weighing them out, right? I mean, we have it prepackaged, but they weigh things. And the problem is, some people would cheat by using fake measures. So they would use weights that were hollowed out inside. Yep, that's five, bar- five pounds of that, right? So honor means to have the right understanding of the value of a thing and of a person. Now, how am I going to get the right understanding of the value of a th- person? God's perspective, God, ask God. How do you see them? You know, the most annoying thing is when you're really ticked off at someone to ask God how he sees them. Not a good idea. Don't recommend it if you want to hold on to your grudge. It's really frustrating. Like I've, I've told this before. I walk, we walked into um, Riverstone from the mission field. We all but levitated in because we were amazing. And, um, and I walked in and, of course, immediately began to measure for drapes. You know, oh, yeah, no, if they did this, if they did this, da, 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 then revival would come quickly. Da, da. And God goes, uh, uh, Peter, do you know what I love about Pastor Tom? I'm like, oh, no, I don't like where this is going. Because <laughs> I felt that things were going too slow. If you really love Jesus, you burn this place to the ground with Jesus. <laughs> he said this to me. He said, I love that Tom is committed to going as slow as possible to take the maximum number of people as fast as possible with me. And my brain went, (laughs) and my heart went, (laughs) honor is to hear from the father what he says about them. See, honor, see, dishonor looks at the outside of a person, right? Remember, remember Samuel went and he was looking for a king? And he goes, oh, man, Eleazar, man, you were just a fine-looking king. God said, not him. Duck, duck, duck. Surely there's a goose, right? And why? Because God said, Samuel, 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 we've been doing this for how many years now? You look on the outside, and I look on the inside. So which are you going to do? Outside means I look at your actions to tell me who you are. Honor says, I look, ask him who you are, and that's who I, how I relate to you. But still, like, can't I dishonor my enemies? Uh, well, I'm, still, I, I, I'm still hung up there. Like, <laughs> well, I, 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 let, let me be real with you guys. I, I said this last week. I, for the last um, however 
many months, I've wanted to preach a, a political sermon. And Jesus said this to me. He said, Peter, that's a great idea. People probably need it. I'm like, they do, don't they? And he said, but Peter, here's your, here's your boundary. You can be as political as I was in the gospel. And I immediately began to scan the gospels. Hardcore. Hardcore. And I was like, well, what about this? Well, you weren't really involved in a political situation. Have you studied first century Palestine? They actually did kill each other over this stuff. They were way more political than we are, and they had a whole lot more reasons than us. And I was like, <laughs> why? He said, and in that context, what did he say? Hesed, your enemies. Love your enemies. <laughs> um, Jesus, we can't hear you in the back. It really sounded like love your frenemies. <laughs> no. Love your enemies. When you say enemies, I think if we get into the Greek, it doesn't really mean people who are trying to kill you. Yeah, it means that. <laughs> Why? Why? I'll say it this way. Let me put it this way. If you and I are living from our limited resource, then we have an excuse to be as screwed up as everybody else. But if we are living from his limitless resource, then not. I, I had a situation about 43,000 times with uh, our daughter when I got really offended at how immature she was. <sighs> and God just whispered this to me. He said, Peter, she's acting very appropriately for a four-year-old. You, however. <laughs> <laughs> What, what, what happens is that when I am, I fight fire with fire, we all get burned. Well, they said it first. If you want to be part of a worldly kingdom, but if you want to be part of it and bring a heavenly kingdom, it has to be done a different way. I'll let Jesus do the more specific talking to you. It is not what? But if I don't seek me, if I don't look out for me, who will? Many times God said this. He said, Peter, would you like me to do it or do you want to do it? Can't we do it both? Can I manipulate people for my own ends for the sake of love? Especially when we don't feel completely protected, right? There is a strong temptation to go and fight for ourselves. And a it's, lot of times it does not end well, right? Because when we are fighting and biting people for ourselves, you know, he can't step in, right? I, so I want to choose. I, I want to say this. This is different from boundaries. Boundaries are good, but they're empowered by Holy Spirit in love. This is not a boundary. <laughs> Anybody done that? Like, any, where are my people? The, I, I call this the rubber band people. This has been me way too much of my life. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Die! <laughs> that is not boundaries. That's called losing your stuff. 
<laughs> no, boundaries is the ability to say, I know who I am. I'm okay. You do you. I do me. God will protect me. God will promote me. God will provide for me. I heard the testimony from a businessman this week in a horrible situation with partnerships going south and on the verge of becoming all-out war just litigiously, I mean, with illegal stuff. And he was like, what do I do? And God just said, simply state the face and let me protect you. And he literally walked into the meeting and sat down and said the case, and they all went nuts, bringing out all the big guns. And he just sat there and he waited. He said, well, guys, that's the case. That's where I'm at. And they went, okay. <laughs> to the tune of millions of dollars. If you and I protect ourselves, he will not protect us. He can't. Tag me in. So who do you think would do a better job? It's not self-seeking. It's not easily what? But what if it's justified? It's not easily jacked up. You know, oftentimes when we're easily angered, it's because we have not allowed love to deal with past hurt. It keeps no. Well, how am I going to keep score? How am I going to know who's safe and who's dangerous? Either he does that for me, he protects me, or I'm left to protect myself. Love does not delight in evil. Now, evil is not just nasty stuff you find on the far edges of the internet. Evil is rooted in striving and the failure that comes from striving. Ever seen someone try to leap a wall and take themselves out in the process? Love doesn't rejoice at someone else's pain. Love doesn't rejoice at someone else looking like an idiot. Love doesn't rejoice when other people fail. Love weeps with them. But it rejoices with what? The truth. The truth. Not the truth, little t. The truth, capital T. Who Jesus says they are. Not who they think they are. Not even, ah, finally the truth is coming out. <laughs> Not that. I always said he was a slime ball. Not that. Not that. Not that. The truth. What is the truth? The truth is who God says they are. They rejoice. They get excited. And again, if you have warred for someone against themselves, right? They've been partnering with silliness and evil and stupidity, and you're warring for their good, and they suddenly make the slightest turn towards good. You know? Do you know what joy is? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they just said Jesus, and it wasn't a cuss word. That's amazing. They actually said Jesus. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible rejoices with the good, the truth, not the false. It always what? But what if they don't deserve it? What if they're stepping into oncoming traffic? We didn't deserve it. Always trust. Okay, now you're drawing the line. Let me say this. It doesn't, I remember my trust had been horribly violated before I met Masha. And I remember being, you know, we started dating and I was like, I was like, I was like waiting for me to have like, uh, like a panic attack. 
Why? Because I can't trust her because she's a human being. I'm going to give her my love and she's going to crush it into little pieces. Right? You know, you know. And, and I looked at her at one point and I said, I'm so confused. I realized I don't trust you, Masha. I trust Jesus to protect my heart so that I can trust you. And I said, but I'm confused. <laughs> because it was a su supernatural thing. See, love is not natural. If you're hearing this, you're like, this is stupid talk. These are crazy people. Yes, you're in the right place. Because love has a supernatural source. It's not your effort. I've said this before. If someone's trying to love you, make them stop. <laughs> I'm loving you. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can, I mean, the reality, anybody had that kind of love? Right? You want to distance yourself because it's not love. You know it's self-seeking or they, they won't feel okay until you're okay. Anybody? Like they're more invested in you being okay than you are because they don't, they're not going to be okay until you are. Yes, that is codependency. And that is not love. All right. It always what? To the very end. I promise you God hoped for Hitler. God hopes for every messed up person. To the very end. What does hope mean? He has the belief that even now he can turn it all to our good if we'll come to him. If we'll surrender to him. If we'll give him all. He can take it all. Why does he hope? Because he knows how awesome he is. And he knows how awesome he's made us. And if we could just get those two together. Wow. Watch out world. You might just write a book. You might start a business. You might actually become a person you actually like. Guys, I, you know, I may look good or not good. I don't know. It depends on the day. But I had a long period of my life where I didn't like anything connected to me. You know why? Because I didn't know me. I knew what I'd done, but I didn't know me. Because I didn't know how much God hopes for me. I trusted more in my failures than I trusted in God to deliver and transform my failures. Love always hopes. Verse 8, love never fails. Never fails? Never fails. Never fails. That's that hesed, unceasing, without limit. Never fails, never gives up. If our love has failed, it's because we're not loving with his love. This is why that filter is so important. Because we have a lot of things. We put love stickers like it's Valentine's little hearts on everything. It's lovely. But you find out what love is when it all hits the fan. True? Do you find out who loves you when you do really not good things? Anybody found that? Love does not fail. Where there are prophecies, man, that's going to that's gonna cease. Why? Because we're going to be in heaven with God. You don't need a prophecy. I believe God is coming. No, he's here, Peter. Okay. Prophecies, they'll, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they'll be stilled. I've got word. We already know the word. Where there are tongues, where there is knowledge, it will pass away because we will know him. 
For we know in part and we prophesy in part. All the gifts are awesome, but they only point toward what? Love. The whole point of the gifts is to put it on display, Mr. Love. But when the completeness, the fullness, the absolute of love comes, what is in part no longer matters. It disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. What's he talking about? How does a child love? Like a cat. Right? But when I became a man, I put away the childhood behind me. For now we see only the reflection. Everything you and I have known of that love, of Hesed, of the God's love, is not even just a drop of what's available. Then we shall see him face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall be fully known, even as I am fully known. Because the point of love is to be known and to know him. It's that connection point we talked about last week, righteousness, right relationship, through which that life flows, love flows. And here we end. And now these three remain. In other words, when everything is done, what will remain? Faith, trust, hope, believing for all that God has, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I will say this, and this is my repentance before you. If I will allow this to be my filter, I won't be deluded by lies of the enemy. Because the lies of the enemy never taste like this. They always have, protect yourself. Yeah, you're in danger. Right? No, he's always for me. If God is for us, what can be against us? What shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Nothing you've done can ever separate you. His loving kindness is better than life. What I want to say is, if we will use this as our filter, it will guard our minds, it will guard our hearts, and for everybody else's sake, it will guard our tongues. If the praise team could come up. Mm. Oops, try not to take everything out at once. If everything we talked about today has brought you to a place of despair, hopelessness, or shame, does that line up with that? You're not hearing God speak. Because when God speaks, that's what comes. If you're feeling shame, despair, or confusion, just give it to God right now. Just close your eyes. Jesus, I give you all the shame, despair, failure, just the lies of the enemy. I give them to you. And in return, I ask that you show me your loving kindness. Over and over again in the Old Testament, they said, show me your loving kindness. I got to see it. Not because I think you're holding it out. It's because I'm blind. Show me your loving kindness. Show me your love. Show me your glory. When he said, show me your glory, that's what came through, loving kindness. Let us stand. Father, I just ask that you would bring each of us into an encounter with your love today like never before.